0: Welcome to the Autism Thinks podcast. It's hosted by the New Jersey Autism Center of Excellence, where we bring together the neuroscience, technology, and innovation to a soundscape that'll change your perspectives on all things autism and the world around us. Just one episode at a time. Seems pretty simple, right? You place your left foot forward, and then your right, and then your left, and then your right, left, right, left. This seemingly simple act of walking has a lot more to it than meets the eye.
1: Walking is nothing but a series of control falls, actually. Every time you take a step, you are basically preventing, a, preventing a fall from a happening. Fall from happening
0: this episode, we're overcoming a series of falls in our understanding of movement. And to understand the dynamics of this, meet Dr. Damiano Zanotto.
1: I'm an assistant professor with the Stevens Institute of Technology. And in our lab, we are interested in uh, uh, using uh, wearable technologies to study human motion. So one of the areas of focus involves wearable robotics actually. So my background is in robotics and control and I'm particularly interested in uh, wearable robots.
0: Damiano's tool to study motion lies in the power of robotics. Think of a futuristic sci-fi movie where people use robots to make things easier. In this case robots would help us learn the underlying mechanisms of not just how to move but move more efficiently.
1: So in particular I want to study how we can modulate the actions of a robot to achieve uh, some target motion in the user. So you can think about, for example, helping the user achieve a target movement with less effort, for example, or help the user learn a target movement by repetition, right? And by this interaction with the robot. So you can think about applications such as uh, human performance augmentation, but also physical rehabilitation mediated by these robotic devices.
0: They're powered exoskeleton robots that can use machine learning algorithms to help enhance our natural motions. Along with robots, Damiano also uses wearable sensors to track subtle changes in movement. With these sensors, we have the ability to compare movement across populations.
1: Another area of research in our lab deals with developing wearable sensing technology that can accurately measure human movements. And we have done a number of studies involving health individuals to validate our computational methods to extract these movements from sensor data, but also clinical populations. And so you can think about applications such as uh, characterization of uh, motor signature in a specific uh, medical conditions that affect ambulation, for example. Before
0: we get into ambulatory issues, we need to know why learning about the way we move around is important. It's often something we take for granted.
1: In order to reach what we can consider adult kind of gait, you have to wait uh, seven years. Yeah. What we assume to be a very automatic process, in reality, is actually a very complex uh, motion. Walking is nothing but a series of control falls. Actually, every time you take a step, you are basically preventing a fall from happening, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's actually a very complex uh, movement. You have to transfer your load from one foot to the other. Do this in a tiny amount of time, typically, uh, you know, within 100 milliseconds. <laughs> And so that's challenging. I think for for this reason, any medical condition that affects the uh, human motor control system, either at the central level, right, or the peripheral level, in principle, you can expect it to be detectable by precisely measuring these motor outcomes, right? So that's what makes uh, this uh, wearable technology potentially very useful in the future.
0: So let's go back to where it all began before or during that critical seven-year period where each of us learns how to walk. Damiano studies the gait of children using these sensors.
1: So we run a number of uh, experiments with, for example, children and young adults with uh, muscular uh, dystrophies. By using our wearable technologies, we were able to capture or quantify, I should say, specific uh, uh, signature in the motion of these people. So for example, how fast they uh, fatigue while uh, walking, or how their pattern of uh, foot loading during walking are different than uh, natural uh, uh, walking for their peers, right?
0: Yeah. And you might be wondering, how exactly does Damiano use wearable sensors in his lab? How does he use them to collect data and figure out what it all means?
1: In our lab, we use different kinds of uh, wearable devices. The first one is wearable sensing devices, so wearable sensor that can capture biomechanical data, namely uh, movements. The challenge there is to be able to extract uh, accurate movement parameters from the noisy data that we get uh, from these sensors. In other words, if you want to to measure human movements using uh, Laboratory equipment, that's relatively simple, right? There are very established techniques uh, and uh, very reliable instrumentation for doing that. But once you get out of the lab, right, and you want to do the same thing by using wearable sensor, then things become very, very challenging. Because uh, those sensors are typically very noisy. They have drift, so their response change over time. And so we are developing machine learning uh, algorithm models that allow us to filter out that inherent noise uh, in the raw data and extract uh, accurate uh, parameters that make the output that we obtain with this uh, sensor kind of comparable in terms of accuracy to what we can expect from uh, laboratory-based equipment.
0: Now, this gadget is bound to knock your socks off. In the studio, our researcher shows us a smart shoe in his hands, padded with pressure sensors.
1: So we have been working on um, instrumented uh, footwear, which is just one of the many possible examples of wearable devices. We have been doing this for a while now. I started uh, during my postdoc at Columbia University, uh, where I work under Sunil Agrawal. And there, yes, the first prototype was this pair of uh, sandals instrumented with uh, sensors and small vibrating motors we call soul sound.
0: And here's the real game changer with the shoe, biofeedback. It's where you can get feedback over your body functions in order to control them.
1: That was the first attempt from our side to uh, use a foot mounted sensor not only to measure gait but also to provide biofeedback. With our collaborators in Europe we implemented biofeedback uh, engines that can actually provide the user with audio feedback and vibrotactile feedback that simulate the interaction between the feet uh, and the virtual ground, right? And so we, we look at uh, how this type of augmented reality, if you want, uh, changes the way people walk. And surprisingly, we, we, we found that, for example, when we tuned our smart shoes, right, yeah. to simulate the interaction with um, hard floor, for example, so hard wood or marble then people tended to walk uh, typically faster. Whereas when we try to simulate uh, a different type of more softer or granular environment, such as snow, that actually affected the way those people uh, walk, right? They walk slower, they took like uh, wider steps, right? They tried to to, to, uh, increase their base support and so forth. So that was like pretty interesting.
0: And stepping beyond this, we hope to bring this technology out of the lab and into real life. Think about how incredible it would be to take a walk outside with these Soul sound shoes, and monitor your walking pattern or gait, and be able to maneuver through the motions more efficiently.
1: As uh, engineers, we always want our technologies to get out of the lab, right? There's There's no real benefit for what we do if our models, our devices, our algorithms stay confined in uh, in the lab. So ideally, uh, we would like uh, our exoskeletons later on to be available uh, for patients who require uh, ambulatory rehabilitation, right? We would like our uh, instrumented insoles to be uh, available uh, in the market for patients who would like to have their gait under control and, and measure the, you know, on a day-to-day uh, basis as opposed to just a few times they, they, yeah. they visit or they go to a therapy, for example.
0: In order to take these sensors out of the lab, it's important to make them portable and more accessible. Flexibility is key, sort of like the fitbits on our wrists and fitness tracker apps on our phones. Damiano says, instead of working with sensors worth over $1,000, the secret is to use mid-level sensors.
1: We try to use uh, uh, mid-level and mid-quality sensors and then okay. compensate for inaccuracy by using uh, appropriate software. And so instead of using, for example, $1,000 uh, um, IMUs, now if we can do the same thing uh, with, uh, you know, fifty. Dollars IMU, but then correct the output of those uh, maybe more affordable sensors by using a more clever software, then you achieve the same uh, outcome at the end but with a much more affordable and therefore scalable uh, system right we try to make uh, our devices completely portable that's a purpose because eventually right we want our technologies to be ready for use uh, at home or at least like out of the lab Mm -hmm. right so yes we do use uh, traditional gate analysis devices but that's just for validating our computational models right and make sure that everything works Our ultimate goal is to move this technology out of the lab, right, and see if we can really bring these wearable sensing devices or biofeedback devices to real-life environments.
0: In real-life environments, gaining real-time information is useful. Damiano has worked with older populations, particularly those that have vestibular disorders. Walking speeds possess characteristics like stride-to-stride variability, for instance, that seem to be specific to a certain condition.
1: Because we have this uh, real-time measuring capability, we can also synthesize in real-time, for example, auditory of vibrotactile haptic feedback rate right? and, and uh, to provide it to the user and see how the motor outcomes change. And in fact, we are currently working on uh, providing uh, uh, step-synchronized uh, vibrotactile stimuli to modify the gate parameters in, uh, in real-time through the use of the insoles, but this is a particular project that we, we, we are applying to uh, elderly people. So we know that for seniors, maintaining an active lifestyle is very important and we are trying to use technology to help this process. And one of the idea is, uh, why don't we use uh, this uh, wearable sensors or this uh, instrumented insoles, right, and add uh, small vibrators there to provide the real-time feedback.
0: vibrotactile stimuli, like a buzzing vibration on your device can act as cues to adapt to different environments
1: design a virtual trainer for these people to maintain an active life right by exercising and walking what we want to do is uh, we know for example that uh, uh, gait velocity is very important and in fact it is uh, correlated with the severity of the ambulatory disabilities in, in elderly individuals right and so one of the thoughts that we have is, uh, why don't we use uh, this b- vibrotactile stimuli to help uh, the uh, wearer, the elderly person in this case, walk faster or slower, okay. right? So this has been done in the past in terms of uh, uh, you know, simple cueing. What we are trying to do is to use uh, a kind of uh, adaptive feedback uh, uh, method to measure in real time the uh, velocity that uh, the 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 walking speed basically that the user is uh, walking at and uh, adjust our feedback in real time compare that uh, measure walking speed with the target walking speed and change our biofeedback to try to push the wearer to walk at the target walking speed
0: this idea of biofeedback for training implies it's better than fixed cues
1: so instead of having like a fixed uh, a set of cues right now we adapt those cues using the uh, real-time measurement capabilities of the shoes we can measure the velocity compare it to the target velocity and on the fly modify our biofeedback to promote uh, adjustment in the motor behavior in this case uh, uh, increase the, 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 the speed
0: At NJA's conference, Damiano talked about using machine learning algorithms while measuring different variables to analyze the way we walk more accurately.
1: At the conference, we presented one of the computational methods that we recently developed in our lab, and the goal there was to use machine learning to extract accurate gate parameters from uh, the noisy data that we measured with the wearable sensors, right? So what we show there is that by applying this uh, machine learning methods, we were able to measure temporal, spatial, and uh, kinetic, that is force parameters from the gate of individuals with much higher accuracy than uh, state of the art methods. What is fascinating, I believe, uh, about this this machine learning methods is that they are very robust to uh, inter and intrasubject variability and that means that you can train the models so that they are still accurate within a wide range of walking speeds for example or different types of walking tasks so think about walking straight along a straight line where, versus uh, turning left turning right or maybe start walking or stopping walking right so they 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 still keep a high level accuracy
0: and here's our link to autism through this technology we're able to capture motor signatures that aren't visible to the naked eye
1: after validating this method with healthy subjects we look at clinical populations right and uh, one of the studies that we we, we recently uh, conducted actually involved children with autism and uh, this is a collaboration that we did with columbia university medical center dr. Bain and dr goldman uh, over there and uh, what we found was that we were actually able to capture special temporal parameters using uh, our instrumented insoles from children as young as uh, uh, three years of age. Uh, There is increasing evidence that people with autism walk differently Mm -hmm. and they move differently in their environments and so the idea is that by accurately uh, measuring this motor signature maybe we can eventually obtain more sensitive A diagnostic tool that can uh, integrate or complement uh, the traditional pencil and paper tests that are really like based on uh, behavioral observation, right? So, of course, they are standardized, they have been validated, uh, but on the other hand, they are not completely free of subjectivity.
0: This would then allow us to detect autism at an early age, and so we can start interventions earlier.
1: We can potentially use this technology pre and post an intervention to see what changes, for example, in terms of uh, uh, gate parameters, interlimb coordination, right, and how the, the child, for example, benefits from this uh, type of, of intervention.
0: Our researcher has worked with a wide range of participants, from three-year-olds to even individuals who are 101. There's one moment that sticks out to him.
1: So this this summer we had one of the experimental sessions right with uh, with few uh, young kids right and we wanted to test it out this beautiful new sensor that we uh, included in in the pediatric insoles and uh, presumably the sensor basically should be able to capture the base of support right. And we invested so much time on, like, my students, actually, I shouldn't take credit, but my students invest so much time on designing and calibrating these time-of-flight sensors. And then, like, within the first, uh, I would say, probably two minutes, yeah. since uh, this kid, like, put the, the, the shoes on, he started, like, jumping around. And uh, at some point, he landed with one of his feet right on the top of the sensor. And that was the end of it. So it was like, okay, it's not just about... Uh, uh, you know, getting uh, very fine-tuned and calibrated uh, sensors to, to, to measure motion, you also want to make sure that the devices that uh, you develop are robust and can, uh, you know, be used in uh, kind of real-life applications, Because especially with pa- pediatric uh, populations, right? Because sometimes it- things uh, don't go as uh, they should.
0: If you'd like to help out, Damiano's Wearable Robotics Systems Lab is looking for participants for their research projects. To participate, you can visit WRSLab.com. That's WRSLab.com. You can take a look at the ongoing projects and contact them using the form on that site. Thank you for tuning in to the Autism Thinks podcast. Music and sound bites featured in this podcast have been provided by the studio at Spectrum 360. This is your host, Hannah, signing out.